Let's pray. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. There's no shadow of turning in you. You changeth not. We thank you, O God. And as we come to your word that is inspired, infallible, incredible, would you speak to us through these Old Testament stories and give us the application we need in our world right now. May faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday when we left church, we had a huddle group fellowship in the home of one of the members of our huddle group or our small group here at Strong Tower. And it was at that time that we learned about how a gunman had entered First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas and killed 26 people and wounded 20 others. While exiting the church, Stephen Williford, who lived next door, who heard the gunfire, rushed out of his house without putting his shoes on, grabbed his rifle and exchanged gunfire with the shooter, apparently wounding him. The shooter jumped in his truck, sped away, and at that point, another good Samaritan saw what was happening, pulled up next to Brother Williford, and Williford jumped into this man's vehicle, and they pursued the shooter. And the shooter eventually went off the road, crashed, and according to police reports, inflicted a gun wound to himself, taking his life. When interviewed, Stephen Williford said, I was scared to death. I'm no hero. I think my Lord protected me and gave me the skills to do what needed to be done. I wish I could have gotten there faster. This man said, I'm no hero. And that's the thing about heroes. Heroes don't see themselves as heroes. Heroes are simply ordinary people who do super things. When the moment arises, heroes step into action to make a difference. We can all be heroes if we are willing to allow God to use us for his glory. You see, the best ability is still availability. And when God had come on the scene in Isaiah chapter 6, and he had surveyed the nation and what the nation needed to hear from a prophet. God said, 
who will go for us? And Isaiah made himself available. He wasn't a hero. He just made himself available. And he said, here am I, Lord, send me. And we can all be used by God. We can all be heroes for his glory. But it all begins when we say, Lord, here am I, use me. Matter of fact, you gave me gifts to edify, to build up the body of Christ. Lord, shame on me if I sit on what you've given me to be super for your sake. Because the Holy Spirit gives gifts, divine enablement to bless somebody else. He gave you a gift. He's given many of us talents. He's given us a heart. Are we using them? Because Jesus said, those who try to save their lives, that's not a hero. You'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, now that's a hero. He said, then you'll find life. Heroes, we're just ordinary people who through the grace of God are able to do some super things. Thank God that he still transforms regular people into wonder women and supermen. Oh, yeah, he transformed Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul was a villain, just like you and just like me. But Jesus met him, transformed him, saved him. Matter of fact, he lost his sight when he saw the Lord because Jesus in all of his brilliance outshone a noonday sun and Paul was blinded by the glory of the Lord and for three days sat in blindness. But God said, Ananias, go on over there and not only give him sight, but lay your hands on him that he may receive the spirit. And I'm going to use this man. He's not only going to reach kings, he's going to reach out to Jews and Gentiles. He's going to do super things. But he's also going to suffer for my sake. That's part of the game plan as well. And Paul accepted his calling. And he walked in that calling. And because of that, we have 13 inspired letters that encourage us in 2017. We have the example of a church planter who went throughout the then-known world, busting synagogues up, proclaiming Jesus is the Christ. And if anybody ever tried to give him the glory, he would quickly say, uh-uh, be, you follow me as long as I'm following Christ. I must decrease. John the Baptist said, so that he might increase. John was a superman for God, but he knew why and he knew where. He knew why he was doing what he was doing and he knew where his help came from. And when you know why and you know where, you can do some great things for God. And so today for Veterans Day, oh yeah, I want to honor a soldier. I want to honor from the pages of scripture a fighter. For Veterans Day today, I'm going to honor a warrior. But not just any warrior. I want to honor a warrior princess this morning, if you'll help me. Can I honor a warrior princess from the Bible today? Because as we talk about wonder women and supermen, I just want to make sure that we are honoring our women in today's society where they want to mistreat women, put women down, and even come against women who stand up and say, I was molested, who stand up and say, I was taken advantage of, and shame on people 
who will believe the words of a judge who has a track record of messing with underage children and not believing the words of women who say they have been molested by this older man. Oh my. No, we're going to stand up for women. We're going to stand up with women. And we're going to let the Bible say what the Bible says. So go to Judges chapter 9 with the time I have left. It's going to be good. This is going to bless you. This is going to inspire you. Matter of fact, I hear theme music in my head right now. That Wonder Woman song, I hear it. I see Linda Carter spinning around in a circle, transforming into Wonder Woman. See, God is the kind of God, he'll pick you up and he'll turn you around, ladies, and he'll place your feet on solid ground and he'll make you a new creation for his glory. Oh, that's what he's doing. Wonder women for God. And this woman, y'all, I'm here to let you know in Judges chapter 9, oh my, she's a bad mamma jamma. <laughs> let me give you some background real quick. Judges is a transitional book. As the nation of Israel, they're coming into the promised land. And because they're coming into the promised land under Joshua, they have to acquire the land through military conquest. So God raises up military leaders called judges, both men and women, to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to take by force what God had given them by promise. So they had to go in and take what God had promised. And as they're making these strides in, we read about various judges in the book of Judges or military leaders. And while the children of Israel are seeking to acquire this promised land, they go through these cycles, uh, these cycles where they turn from God. Then God uses the enemy in the land to persecute them. When they get persecuted, they cry out to God for deliverance. Then God sends a deliverer in the form of a judge to deliver the people from the enemy. Then they experience peace. But when that judge dies, their commitment to God dies, and they get right back on the roller coaster again of turning from God, being persecuted, crying out to God. God sends a deliverer, gets them out of the mess, Judge dies, commitment dies, they're back in bondage again. And they keep going around in this circle until they get to that place where God is going to allow them, because of a bad decision, to set up a king over them. So they're going through this period of the judges. And in Judges 9, we just come out of the story of Gideon. You see his Bibles in hotels across the country that the Gideon ministry sets up so people can get the word of God. Gideon was a judge who didn't feel qualified to be a judge. Uh, as a matter of fact, now, I wish I could take time to go into his story, but Gideon had to face his father's idols before he could even step and face uh, 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 the enemies of God. He had to tear down his father's idol to Baal. And many of us, before we can go into what God has called us, we've got to tear down the idols of our fathers. We've got to tear down and not acknowledge the generational sins, at least not acknowledge them coming upon us. We've got to renounce certain things that our fathers and our forefathers did and say, no, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So Gideon had to first deal with his daddy's altar committed to Baal. And once he did that, God says, now you're ready to fight the enemy. Gideon had a successful campaign. He led 300 dog warriors 
against thousands of the Canaanites. And he won. And because of that, people revered him. But Gideon got sloppy after his victory. Gideon let his spiritual guard down, and he married multiple women. And he had upwards of 70 sons from these women. He also had asked the people for their gold so that he could melt it into uh, uh, an ephod, which is what the priests wore in the temple or, or the tabernacle of God. And, and he, he had this thing made, and the people would come and bow down to the ephod. So this brother went off track after experiencing a victory. And many times that's when we're most vulnerable as believers, when we experience victory because we don't pray like we should. We don't seek God like we should. We don't hang around God's people. We get a little arrogant. We get a little comfortable. And this man got so comfortable that compromise crept into his life. And he has 70 sons from multiple women. And he even has a concubine in another town called Shechem. He had an old lady cross town. Papa was a rolling stone, and he rolled over to Shechem, got down with that sister, that concubine over there, and she had a son named Abimelech. Well, when these kids grew up and Gideon had died, Abimelech went and killed all of his brothers except one. He killed 69 of his brothers because he felt since his daddy was the man, he has the right to be the man. So he killed all the other brothers who had access to the next place of leadership, if you will. He killed them so that they could not contest his place to the so-called throne. So he kills his brothers. One of them escapes. And the one who escapes says, God is going to destroy you, Abimelech, just as you destroyed your brothers. God is going to destroy you. He prophesied death over his brother. Well, in the book of Judges, Abimelech takes these cities. He, he conquers them. He's a warrior. He's a fighter. And so he decides to go to another town to try to take it. And that's where we come in Judges chapter 9, verse 50. Watch this, y'all. Then Abimelech went to Thebes, and he encamped against Thebes, and he took it. Verse 51, but, uh-oh, we got a conjunction, we got a contrast, we got a shift, but there was a strong tower in the city, and all the men and women, all the people of the city fled there and shut themselves in. I want to let you know that this church is named Strong Tower for a reason. You see, in Bible days, to distinguish a city from a village, a village would just have people, you know, in tents and things like that. It would be mobile. They could pick it up and move it along. But a city was different from a village because a city had walls built around it. And these walls were made of stone, and at the corner of the walls were towers or watchtowers that watchmen could go up in and watch to see the advancement of the enemy, even fight from the towers if need be. But inside of the walls was another tower, a bigger tower called the Strong Tower. It was a fortress, an inner garrison, a stronghold. And it was a place that in case the enemy penetrated the outer walls of the city, 
everyone in the city could run to the center of the city and enter into the strong tower in order to find safety, in order to find protection, in order to find welfare. And so that is what happened here. This man came against this city, and the Bible says he took it. In other words, he took the outside. He knocked the walls down, so the people retreated to the strong tower. And I love this thing because the tower was normally built first before they built the outer walls. The tower was built the strongest, and it was the largest thing they built because it was able to hold all of the people in the city inside of it. So the strong tower was in the city for the city. It was there for the people as a place of refuge and protection. So they run into this tower when Abimelech comes against the city. They shut themselves in, then they go up to the top of the tower. Verse 52, so Abimelech came as far as the tower and fought against it. And he drew near the door of the tower to burn it with fire. But a certain woman dropped an upper millstone on Abimelech's head and crushed his skull. Then he quickly called to the young man, his armor bearer, and said to him, draw your sword and kill me, lest men say of me, a woman killed him. So his young man thrust him through and he died. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man to his place. Men are some of the most prideful creatures on the face of God's green earth. This brother is dying, gasping his last breath with his skull crashed in. And he says to his armor bearer in pride, hurry up and kill me so that history doesn't show that a woman took me out. Well, it's 2017. And we're not saying that Abimelech got killed by his armor bearer. We're saying that fool got took out by a woman. In the words of the Gap Band, she dropped the bomb on him <laughs> and took him out. But I love this woman because the Bible says it was a certain woman. We don't know her name. So this means, ladies, you can insert yourself into this because this certain woman could be rich or poor. She could be old or young. She could be a mother. She could be a daughter. She could be a grandmother. She could be a great-grandmother. She could be widowed. She could be divorced. She could be happily married. She could be a single parent. We don't know what kind of woman this is, but this is a powerful woman. Pastor, why do you say she's a powerful woman? Well, well here, here we go. She's a smart lady because she knows if we're going to take out the enemy, we got to hit them upside the head. Whoops, upside the head. We got to hit them upside the head if we're going to take them out. Because if we're going to kill a snake, we don't kill it at the tail. We're going to kill it at the head. So she's, she's smart. So she aimed for the head. But not only was she smart, uh, she was strong. Because an upper millstone weighed at least 100 pounds. So the sister got her squat on and picked that thing up. Because she was in shape, you know. She picked that thing up. Went over to the edge, strong woman, strong woman, and lifted up over the side of the strong tower and 
right upside that man's head. So she was strong. She was smart. She was strong. And she was brave. Because if she was afraid, she faced her fears. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the ability to press on in the face of fear. So even if she was afraid, she didn't let fear stop her. She faced her fear. And this woman reminds me of Harriet Tubman, a strong woman who many people want to disrespect and not call her by her name. But this woman, Harriet Tubman, uh, hails from the state of Maryland, just like I do, born into slavery, but she was able to escape from slavery, not just to free herself, but she would return into slavery through the Underground Railroad, working with abolitionists, white people who had a heart for freedom, a heart for justice. They had this system to get the slaves out. She made so many missions that upwards of 300 people were set free from bondage into slavery through this woman they called Moses. She was a strong woman, a short woman, but a strong woman. And she reminds me not only of Harriet Tubman, this woman in scripture, but she reminds me of many, if not all, of the women in this church who have to deal with so much stuff. Now, my son told me something in confidence and and I'll be wise as I share this, but Heather, who was baptized today, um, earlier this week, she was attacked from behind by a man. She was jumped based on street vernacular. And she told my son, of all weeks to be jumped, I'm getting jumped and attacked the week I get baptized. But she said to my son, but you know I wasn't going to let that stop me because you got to be a strong woman today. And our women have to be strong, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually. Women have to be strong, strong like Tempest Merriweather, who got up here last Sunday and gave a testimony, spoke the truth, and set a whole lot of folk free. Strong women. Strong women like my wife, who, uh, y'all, I, I, I could go on and on, but I'm going to let you out of here. But uh, I would say to my wife, I said, baby, you are so strong. You, 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 you've had our children, you, you, you've raised our children. I've helped as much as I can, but those late night breastfeeding calls, I, I couldn't do much. But you, you stood up and you, you, you just, you're strong and you worked and you did so much. And, uh, and, and, and this past week, we found out that your book is coming out. It, it, it's going to press. When is it going to press? September. December 1st is going to press, and it comes out in May. I joke my wife, and this, this will offend some of you, so get ready. Okay? I said to my wife, I said, baby, if you lived during slavery times, you would have been out in the field because you are so strong. And them folk would have said, put her in. Now, you know, I know, I'm in trouble. I said, but baby, you're strong. But the mindset in the field was different than the mindset in the house. So we'll, I'm going to leave that alone. Let me get back to this. Ow! <laughs> but you're a strong black woman, and I give you honor, and I give you glory. Amen. Amen. Children, rise up and call you blessed. I'm going to rise up and call you blessed. Because it ain't easy being a wife, yet alone the wife of a pastor of a multiracial church in the South. Because a couple times, she wanted to step out and 
hurt some people. But I said, no, baby, come on back. Come on back. Don't do it. But, ladies, the strong tower, I commend you. And I thank you for doing things that no one knows but God. I look up and I see Miss Narciss Cheatham and all the years that she served in the medical profession helping people in hospitals. I, I can look around this room and call out so many super women in this church that God is using you to break generational curses, to raise your children as single moms in the fear and admonition of the Lord, to be faithful wives, to be godly single women. There are so many super women in this church. But I mentioned Harriet Tubman. And what a lot of people don't know is that when Harriet was a small girl, she went into a convenience store with her master. And there was another slave there who got into an altercation with the store clerk. History says that when that slave ran out of the store, the owner said to Harriet, stop him. Harriet did not stop him. Freedom was already in her bones as a little girl. She didn't try to stop the slave. And so the owner threw a 10-pound weight made of metal at the slave. And rather than hitting the runaway slave, it hit Harriet upside the head. And as a result of that, she was knocked out for several days. Her, she had a, a, a cracked skull, and she didn't receive medical attention. So throughout her upbringing from then on, she would have moments where she would phase out. And she would go to sleep for days. Then she would wake back up. And so, so she had this condition as a result of getting hit upside her head. Why did I say all that? Because this woman in Judges, not only was she strong, not only was she brave, not only was she smart, but she was a type of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pastor, why do you say that? Why was she like Jesus? She was like Jesus because the Bible prophesied that when Satan came in the garden, and ran amok amongst Adam and Eve, and we inherited from them sin and death. God prophesied a Savior through the seed of the woman who would come do battle with the serpent, and the Bible says he would crush the head of the serpent. What did that woman do from that tower? She crushed the head of the devil. She crushed the head of Abimelech. What do our women do? You dance on the devil's head. Romans 16, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. But here's the beautiful thing about it. Harriet would be used by God to render many death blows to Satan by setting God's people free, just like Jesus came to set the prisoners and the captives free. But as she's Rendering death blows to the head of the serpent, the serpent struck back and hit her in the head. But that didn't stop her. All that made her was, was a wounded warrior. She was a wounded warrior. She didn't let her pain stop her from ministering to other people. So to my sisters in here, I know you've got some pain. I know you got some wounds. But use the wounds to show people the grace of God. Use the pain to show people how the Savior is using you in spite of the pain. And you're going on anyhow to see many people set free in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, she was a wonder woman in Judges 9. And as I look around this sanctuary, I see so many wonder women of various ages, ethnicities, and backgrounds who stand up for the Lord and let it be known. It's for the Lord I live, and it's for the Lord I die. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand. Be encouraged, ladies. Be encouraged, ladies. <laughs> the world 
may want to put you down, but God says, I'm going to lift you up. Next week, we got a special surprise for you. My wife and I are bringing a special guest in next week, a lady who's going to share her story of where God brought her from to where she is now. It's going to be an awesome time. All men, wonder women and supermen, let's pray. Lord, thank you for using ordinary people, regular people, sinful people, broken people, people who don't have anything to offer. And Lord, you do that so that you get all of the glory. And you also do that so you can show other people how you can minister through broken people who make themselves available. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. Thank you for the strong women in this house who do a lot of lifting, who do a lot of things behind the scenes, who do a lot of praying. Thank you, Lord. Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? Would you meet their needs according to your riches in heaven? Thank you for what our ears have heard, our eyes have seen today, and what our hearts have felt. Thank you that you allowed us to be here today to see your glory. And now, Lord, we want to go out into the world to shine for you, to be salt for you, to be ambassadors for you, to not be ashamed of what Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in us, giving us the power, the desire, and the ability to be witnesses for Jesus. So it's in his name that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen. Be blessed. Go in peace. Have a great day.